0: Hello folks, I'm John Myrie, and welcome to the Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. On this week's show, we have reports and tips for you from Jarrett McCarthy down at Hayward Bait and Bottle, and then we talk ice fishing with pro angler Pete Mena, and then some great ice pan fish tips from fishing guide Eric Tui. Lots to cover on this week's show, all coming up right after these messages.
1: Find your perfect Can-Am, ATV, or side-by-side at Hayward Power Sports. The all-new 2023 Can-Am Outlander ATVs were redesigned with the rider in mind for unmatched fun and value. Hit the woods or trails with models starting at $5,999. Plus, for a limited time, take advantage of a $500 rebate or 2.99% financing on select models. Looking for a side-by-side? The Can-Am Defender is the perfect utility side-by-side that's extra tough on the worksite, the ranch, or wherever you need to get the job done. Feel the adrenaline surge in the high-performance Can-Am Maverick, or get the best of work and play with the ultimate crossover, the Can-Am Commander. Claim the side-by-sides that fit your needs today and enjoy financing as low as 1.99% for 36 months on select models. Make every hunt a success, every trail ride an excitement-filled adventure, and make light work of your heavy-duty jobs, all with a brand new Can-Am off-road vehicle from Hayward Power Sports. Just ten minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77. Offer subject to credit approval. CDM dealer for details. Riding along
2: in my automobile.
0: Bumping into things unexpectedly? Make your first choice for collision repair. Ernie's Auto Body, featuring the most advanced collision repair facility in northwest Wisconsin. With a state-of-the-art art spray bake-down draft paint booth for that better-than-new finish, laser technology for precision frame alignment, loaner cars available, computerized estimates, written guarantees, and documented unmatched customer service, the clear choice is Ernie's Auto Body, south of Hayward on Highway 63 and Nursery
2: Road, where quality is no accident.
0: Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering welcomes you to stop by for their great lunch menu. And while you're there, Lynn's also has a great selection of custom-cut meats and sausages, as well as many varieties of snack sticks, jerky, fresh cheese curds, and much more. Lynn's is open Mondays through Fridays from 9 to 5:30 and 9 to 4 on Saturdays. Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering in Hayward.
3: Today, anglers fish longer. Today, anglers fish harder. Today, anglers rely more than ever on their electronics. It all comes down to catching more fish. And today, anglers rely on Amped Outdoors lithium batteries, period. Visit AmpedOutdoors.com today to power your outdoor experience.
0: We're recording this week down at Tayward Bait and will talking to Jared again. Jared, I know had a week off there, but now you're back. That took a week to relax a little bit, and yeah, now I'm back. Now I'm ready to talk some fishing. Yeah, you know, let's talk about the ice fishing. We've got some ice out there, but there's not a lot of ice, but there's enough ice to get out there safely if you're walking or ATVs or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for some uh some
4: smaller, you know, vehicles like ATVs and snowmobiles or what have you, we got some ice out there. It seems like we got, you know, anywhere from four to ten inches, depending on where you are on the ice belt in Wisconsin here. Um you Know temperatures are really really nice. Get out and do some fishing right now, where you're not uh freezing your fingers off going out, to check your tip ups, or what have you. So, uh, it just seems like the fish have not been cooperating as well as they should be. I mean, the temperatures don't
0: reflect it, but it kind of seems like we're in that midwinter blues right now. Well, that's about normal for this time of year, but we started out with the first of January with first ice conditions.
4: Yeah, it was uh been some wacky weather for us lately here, but uh, it's as- Good that we're out fishing at least right now.
0: You know. And there, like we talked you mentioned there's not a lot of ice out there compared to most years. I mean, I, I know I was talking to a friend of mine who was out on one of the lakes that usually got two foot ice on it by now and it's got nine inches of ice. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a
4: crazy year. We had a, a goofy year last year, we got a goofy this year this year. I'm starting to wonder if we're gonna see a regular ice year. Yeah, well,
0: maybe if we're lucky, we'll see an early ice out.
4: That would be really nice. Get on the lakes, uh, you know, a lot earlier than I think the last two years. I think ice out was uh, that same week uh, opener. It was uh, like two or three days before opener. So, yeah, some uh, some early open water would be very welcomed.
0: You know, you mentioned that the fishing seemed to be a little bit slower, and the walleye fishing was actually pretty good as the first of the month, and it was kind of a first ice pattern. They was shallow, but they kind of clammed up, you said, a little bit. Yeah, they really did. I mean, we were out on uh, Saturday, and we were looking around. You know, the walleyes were still
4: somewhat shallow. And we were on a, a smaller lake out there, and, you know, you could see them out there. You could see them cruising and what have you. But, uh, you know, it was just a very, very tough bite. Uh you know, we saw him in there, you know, with everything else. And, you know, even the panfish and stuff or what have you. Um, seems like we had to really downsize or go with live bait or
0: something to have some success. But, yeah, she's been a tough bite lately. you see any difference as you got toward low light or did you stay out toward low light? Because I did get one other fishing guide reported that it was pretty slow until they got out there toward evening.
4: Yeah, I mean, we got out there at, you know, probably about 5.30 a.m. And we had fished all the way through about 8.30, 9 o'clock. And, you know, we were back later that day to set up around 230 and fished all the way till seven and we had some action around those low light periods or what have you but it was still a tough bite for us you know
0: pike has that been any good i mean uh, pike are usually fairly cooperative and i've had some reports that they're starting to bite on dead bait yeah
4: and they have been you know pike are usually cooperative year-round and um we've heard a lot of guys having some really good success with pike on tip-ups um whether it be live bait or dead bait and yeah we're getting to that point of the year where uh um, conditions, you know, I can't say conditions are getting really tough on the fish out there, but, you know, some of those weaker fish are starting to die off, you know, underneath the ice and, um, those bodies are sinking to the bottom and those pike are definitely keen in on some of those bigger dead baits. So, um...
0: No matter what you've got on there for a dead bait, it's starting to work. You bet. Well, and, you know, one of the other people I know that made a comment uh, online that you know he tried live bait, dead bait, and they definitely preferred the dead bait over the live bait. Yeah, it's got a a really good smell to it. You know, they can key
4: on it really, uh, really easily. Uh, they don't have to chase it at all. They can just nose up to it and eat it without wasting any energy. So, I mean, if you're living in cold water or what have you, and you know energy is precious, would so you want to go chase around a little bait or do you want to eat a big dead meal?
0: <laughs> you know, how do you? Uh, recommend people rig up for a dead bait I know you got stuff down here for that. some type of quick strike rigs or are... absolutely and you know I think it's is uh it eight inches you
4: need to have a quick strike rig on it but uh, usually it's two trebles you have one treble that's you know right behind the head and you've got one that's a little a wi- little bit ways uh, back through the body
0: but uh, uh yeah that's pretty much all it is you bet. And just hang it on a tip up and uh, the, you, you, usually that, is that closer to the bottom usually you find her up higher too? Uh, you can do it either way, you know, I mean, you're going to have success laying that dead bait
4: right on the bottom, you know, and then you don't even have to worry about uh, where you're putting it in the water column and you could hang it
0: up there too. Um, either way, those pike are going to nose in on it there's times they seem to want up high they're cruising high in the water it seems like how about perch fishing are you hearing anything on the perch out there i am starting to see some perch come up onto the mud flats um
4: we're starting to see some guys getting them on tip-ups uh getting quite a few numbers of them uh getting some nice size out there too uh you know those perch are going to be coming up getting ready to spawn on those big mud flats so you know it's not going to be getting them to bite that's going to be the problem it's just going to be getting on them and staying
0: on them because you know they move a lot just like crappies do so um, a lot of hunting and pecking until you finally find them yeah and they move around a lot i know what's your favorite thing on them? mine has always been a spoon it seems like most of the time a spoon
4: um i do like fishing perch with tip-ups i really do you know it's a great way to get a whole bunch of flags or what have you but uh uh, just a lot of really good
0: options Uh, i like little uh little rattle baits too those seem to work really well for those aggressive perch when you rig up on a tip-up, you fish fishing a lighter leader or single treble hook? How are you rigging? So I'm using probably about a number 14 or a number 16 treble,
4: um, pinning it right through uh, the tail of the fathead or whatever, just so that fathead's still got full range of motion or what have you. And yeah, I usually use probably about a four or six pound leader, and I'll usually go a little bit longer a leader and have a, you know the tiniest of um, split shots on there just to keep that minnow down. But... Yeah, it's almost like having a, a dead stick out there with a tip
0: up. You know, just setting that tip up really, really light. Yeah. Well, perch fishing is always good later in the year like this. And I know one thing is that if you go out and you drill a hole, and I said this before on the radio, if you drill a hole and you look down there with your, whether it's a flasher or whether you're running a zone or whatever, and you don't see anything drop something down there and pound on the bottom a little bit because a lot of times you don't see those fish and you pound on the bottom a couple of times with like a jigging spoon or something and all of a sudden you start seeing fish on your locator. Yeah, you start scattering all that sediment down there
4: and you're creating a commotion down there. and A lot of the fools fish will be drawn in to, you know, take a look and see what's happening. And a lot of those fish will come in, and they'll start, you know, picking little bugs and stuff out of that dust cloud that you're kicking up down there at the bottom. So if you're setting tip ups and you're checking depth with your depth finder, definitely, you know, bounce that depth finder down there um if you're running a jigging spoon or what have you and you got a tip with something you know let that
0: thing sit on bottom and you know really stir it up down there it'll bring a lot of fish in you know and if we keep this warm weather we've getting going there'll be a few guys be able to get out on the rivers because unlike last year where you couldn't get to the river wading through all the snow there's not much snow there, and if we start getting the ice off in there, you know, guys will be able to go out after that early catch-and-release trout season. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, yeah, with the low snow
4: levels, and, uh, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to have a whole lot of runoff this year. Um, when we do get warm,
0: I think it's going to be a phenomenal tr- uh, spring trout season for us. You bet. It'll be a good opportunity to get out fishing. I know you guys have got a lot of ice fishing gear in here yet. You're geared up for the open water already. you got the new stuff in. A lot of stuff still coming in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're still um,
4: well prepared for ice fishing right now. We're already working on getting our, our summer sets uh, geared up and ready to go. We're getting a lot of our trout stuff in right now. So um, whether you're looking to get on
0: open water or looking to stay on the ice, we're here for you. We're ready. Real interesting to see a lot of the new stuff. Jared, I want to thank you for coming on here. Uh, thanks for having me again, John. Well, folks, you know we need to take a break right now and hear from some of the fine sponsors that make this show possible every week. When we come back, we'll be talking ice fishing with pro angler Pete Maynard. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hunters and anglers, Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop in Hayward. They have a huge selection of ice fishing gear including portable shelters, power augers, electronics, beaver dam tip-ups, ice rods, and just about anything you'll need for ice fishing. They also have archery supplies, bows, crossbows, muzzle loaders, ammo, and much more to help you enjoy the outdoors. While you're there, check out the bottle shop for a full selection of beer, wine, and liquor too. Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop.
1: The Hayward Lakes Visitors and Convention Bureau in Sawyer County, Wisconsin welcomes you to our Northwoods hometown. No matter the season, no matter the activity, you'll always be surrounded by our great outdoors. What more could you ask for in a vacation destination? Woods, waters, world-class events. Contact us for information on lodging, dining, attractions, events, trail conditions and more. Order your free vacation guide and start planning your getaway today. Visit us at haywardlakes.com or call 1-800-724-2992. Get the deal of a lifetime on a new Lund from Hayward Power Sports. Truth is, our 2023s arrived late when we missed out on early season sales. So we have a huge inventory of them, but desperately need to make room for the 2024s. It's the perfect storm for incredible deals. From the entry-level Lund Adventure to the awesome Lund Impact XS, and everything in between. They're all rigged with mercury outboards and offered at blowout prices. Get your new Lund at Hayward Power Sports, just 10 minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77.
0: Welcome back to another segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors, and this part of the show is brought to you by the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau. For more information on lodging and vacationing here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out their website at haywardlakes.com. Well, folks, you know, the other day I had a chance to talk to pro angler Pete Main over at his house about ice fishing. Pete, you know, I know you spend all the time in the summertime chasing muskies, but in the wintertime, uh, you're on actually on clam pro staff, and you uh, spend a lot of time ice fishing.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you got to fish, John. I got to be honest. I prefer trailering the boat to the water and putting it in (laughs) compared to But but if you want to catch fish and have some fun, you know, ice fishing's a heck of a way to do it. And of course, you can, you know, you can do that for, well, this year has been a little odd, but, you know, four months worth of it at least. So it's it's a way to spend time and, and get some fish and have some fun. And I don't care for the 20 blow and wind anymore but you know the cool thing about ice fishing is is that you can get a group of people out there too you know you can only fit so many people in the boat uh ice fishing you can fit as many as you can get on the ice so it's it's kind of fun and unique that way too you know you
0: mentioned that 20 blow stuff actually i think that comes with age as we get older we don't like that so much because it it just everything don't work as well (laughs) didn't seem quite as cold 30 40 years ago (laughs) You know, ice fishing is, we've seen some real tremendous changes in ice fishing over the last decade. And actually, I've heard it's one of the fastest growing segments of the fishing sport.
2: Oh, it really is interesting. And, you know, I don't know, people that have done it, if they've just done it locally only or this, that, and the other, they might have not have seen the things I've seen. But it's amazing how popular it is. Yeah, it is growing fairly rapidly. And if you've ever had an opportunity to go, some of the bigger, more popular destinations like uh, Malax or the Baudette area, uh, Minnesota, there in Lake of the Woods and uh, oh, Red, Red Red Lake. Lake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were just gonna say it. Uh, it's it's truly amazing uh, to to see how many people are out there doing it. You know it's it's big
0: well we've never actually geared up for it in a lot of areas in northern Wisconsin we don't have roads plowed on the lakes you know and and, you know sleeper shacks out there and stuff I think it was more it's been more commercialized in other areas in here Oh,
2: yeah, well, that's that's actually big business there where they're, you know, they're literally renting shacks and keeping the roads plowed and all these different things that they do. But uh, there's really, you know, these, it, it's unique around here, too. I mean, let's be honest, uh, smaller lakes can't take that kind of pressure. You know, there's just not enough room, realistically, but... Uh, but yeah either way whether it's a you know one one person in a in a lone shack or you know big group of people it's it's definitely popular and a good way to spend
0: time you know know, let's talk a little bit about pan fishing because that's probably the number one thing people think walleyes is but in early in the year it might be but uh throughout the winter i think pan fishing is one of the more you know sought after fish out there but you know, it seems like we're seeing we don't see the big crappies, for instance, that we used to see. There's a lot of pressure put on these panfish and people think they're an inexhaustible source of fish, but it's not true. No, that's definitely not true. And I would say they are the most
2: popular species to to fish for, a period. You know, depending on the body of water, you can find them in the basins or sometimes up pretty shallow too. And, and any kind of weeds, sometimes even dead weeds will hold panfish throughout the year but uh as far as yeah the the population and size i think in some cases the population's holding on pretty good but one thing that we've definitely seen and i think it's overall and obviously this isn't just ice fishing it's open water and ice fishing you've got uh a problem with a uh, essentially people you know keeping keeping the wrong fish to eat I, I know they're great to eat and this that and the other but uh for years the more aggressive bigger fish have been cropped off yeah uh simply simply because they're more desirable i guess they're a little easier to clean there's more meat on one fish and all of that so all of that makes common sense but in reality if you put yourself as a farmer trying to raise the biggest goat, bull, whatever it might be, uh, you, don't, you don't take the smaller, weaker specimens and breed them. You take the, the best specimens, and that's, that's who does the breeding. And I think we've basically, what we've done, is we've kind of lost some of the better genetic strains that do grow bigger. Uh, you uh, You know, and, and even if the forage is still there, uh you know if you're if you're putting back all the smaller weaker fish eventually that's what
0: you get for a population you bet you know and it's getting even more important where people start thinking about you know keeping the more plentiful sizes whether it be an eight and a half nine nine and a half inch fish rather than a bunch of 12s or how many fish they're actually going to keep because technology has gotten to a point out there where you know, these fish, you know, we could find these fish a lot quicker and easier no matter where they're at. Even out in the main lake basin, in the big lake basin, we can, we can usually zero in on them pretty quick if you have the technology we've got. Well, the technology is amazing, and, and it's that's a tough
2: situation. That's a big topic right now, John. You know, at the end of the day, these electronics companies are doing an amazing job. I guess the argument is now is, is it too good? because it is unbelievably effective so you you take that combination that's where you know whether people like it or not there's more people involved with the sport and the fisheries are finite and you've got this unbelievable electronics and and more knowledge you know guys like us have been trying to help people learn how to fish and catch more fish for years so i guess you could argue we're the enemy too to some degree uh all of, all of this has re- resulted in more fish being caught in the finite resources so at the end of the day whether we like it or not uh, fewer fish per person can simply be kept to eat and then we also got to be aware of if we're releasing them they need to survive yeah, so you gotta you gotta take care of them that way and then uh as far as what to harvest Obviously, we should all harvest a little less. We've talked about that, but just, you know, when it comes to harvesting the more plentiful species in the body of water, and then also just, yeah, trying to keep that kind of middle zone of the size structure. And then one thing that's really important, too, is, you know, I talked about how the aggressive fish are more likely to get caught. And they grow quicker generally in this, that, and the other. Well, if you see one, let's say it's a, oh, an 8-inch crappie or maybe a 25-inch northern that you might normally keep because it's kind of in that middle size structure, if you see that particular fish looks extremely healthy, if, it, if it looks a little fatter and yep. just bulkier, I mean, that, that fish is in your slot you would normally keep. But that's, that's a fast-growing
0: fish, and you want to get that one back in the water. Well, you know, and when it comes to that technology, fish seem to be adapting to it. You know, like Life's Owner, we've talked about that a little bit, and you talked about it on another podcast a little bit, too. They seem to be adapting to it, but can they adapt fast enough for what we can do? And, it, and I think the answer to the, the technology is the DNR has to be really proactive and start coming up with these bag limits. Like Minnesota, a lot of five limits on panfish. You know actually we're gonna have a five bag limit here on Moose Lake next year with only one fish over 12 but I think we need to start seeing more of that because majority of the public out there is a little bit more conservation oriented you've seen what's happened in conservation hearings here in Wisconsin a lot of stuff that wouldn't have passed 20 years ago passed now like that five bag limit that went through statewide but there's like just enough people out there that either don't know better or they just don't care that we can see them you know make an effect on the fishery so i think regulations are going to be a big thing in the future
2: yeah you know i think there's fewer and fewer fish hogs i don't know if we'll ever solve that problem and you know some people just don't respect the resource and uh and really, you know, I apparently don't even think about the fact that they're ruining for themselves and, and the other people out there, too. But at the end of the day, yeah, the harvest needs to be reduced, whether we like it or not. That's just a simple fact, and and I think regulations are, are definitely part of it. And we've seen that throughout the years, John. You and I have talked about the musky thing, you know, way back in the early days when, uh, you know, we were fishing and there was... 32 inch size limit on muskie and you could keep one a day and 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 that kind of thing and it was way harder to catch bigger fish back then very simply you know you would most of the fish you caught that were legal size were in that you know 30 32 to yep. 36 range you hardly got any big ones so it uh it it, it definitely works Regu- regulations work and i think they they definitely need to be protecting these fish a little more i know guys in minnesota they're a little more restrictive there uh they have more you know five fish uh, bag mm-hmm. limits on those lakes are producing better quality fish plain and simple from the guys that I know over there that do some guiding and different things they literally seek clientele that are willing to release more fish that are that are after a shot at a a trophy nicer panfish and aren't aren't there necessarily for the meat and that's that's where they go that's where they're better able to produce those bigger fish for people is where those limits have been in place for a while those are the better fisheries, so it's it's really nothing's proven dead certain. You know, you could take a lake like that and maybe get some people go in there and wipe it out too. I guess that's always possible. But at the end of the day, it's it really is proven
0: now that the regulations and reducing harvest work. And a lot of interesting information there on ice fishing, people. Well, folks, you know we need to take you another break and hear from even more of the fine sponsors that make this show possible every week. When we come back, we've got even more great ice fishing tips for you from fishing guide Eric Toohey. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, folks, come on over to Hayward Ace Hardware and check out the area's largest selection of firearms, ammo and accessories. We carry top brands like Browning and Sig Sawyer, and we have a great selection of the newest and hard to find models. We've got a large selection of ammo with more coming in daily. If you need a scope, we carry great brands like Leupold, Hawk, and Eotech. And we'll even mount it and boresight it for you too. We even sell suppressors and silencers. And don't forget to check out our Guns of the Week. Huge discounts on a variety of pistols, rifles, and shotguns that change every week. So stop on in to Hayward Ace Hardware, your firearm superstore. Hayward Ace Hardware, Highway 63 North in Hayward, or give us a call at 715-634-8700.
2: Hayward Animal Hospital is a full-service medical and surgical hospital featuring on-site laboratory, digital and dental x-ray, in-house pharmacy, and online store. Dr. Ostrander has 40 years of experience dealing with illnesses, injuries, surgery, and dentistry. Hayward Animal Hospital
4: offers urgent care appointments and emergency surgery daily. Please call early in the day for these appointments. They open at 8 a.m. Hayward Animal Hospital is located one mile east of
2: Hayward on Highway B. Call 715-634-8971.
0: If you'd like to have your time fishing be more enjoyable and productive, hiring a fishing guide can be a good investment. Whether it's learning more about fish patterns throughout the year, learning how to use your depth finder to find the best spots and fish, learn how to use that GPS to get the most out of it, or learn better boat control, a day on the water with a guide can really help you to be a better angler as well as make a day on the lake very enjoyable to book a guide trip this year or get more information. You can find us on the Internet at www.wiscnorthlandoutdoors.com and then just click on Area Guides. Welcome back to the last segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. Well, folks, you know one of the more popular fish that people go after out there on the ice is the panfish, whether it's crappies or bluegills. And on this week's show, we're talking with Hayward Area Fishing Guide Eric Tui about panfish. Eric, you know when it comes to ice fishing. I know you guide in the summertime, but ice fishing, you also guide. Uh, you know, we get a lot of different kind of fish. We go after here. Predominantly, I think more people go after panfish.
3: Yeah, it's definitely uh, more sought after. You know, a lot of your summertime guys that you know us, us musky heads. You know, we transition now to fishing for what would be our uh, our prey for our for our fish that we fish for. But yeah, there's it's it's a. We have a lot of great fisheries with uh, outstanding bluegill and crappie. Uh, and it's no thing to be able to take your five or six you know, home and you know have a great fish fry. You know, when it comes to lakes around here, a lot of people understand lakes like the Chippewa
0: Flowage and Grindstone Cooteray and that. There's a lot of small pothole lakes, little small lakes that got really some pretty decent pan fisheries in them.
3: Yeah, so uh, small bodies of water. Uh, Generally, you know, good densities of fish, uh, you know, but those are, you know, those fisheries, they're very special as we know, and um, it wouldn't take much to, you know, potentially lose that as a panfish fishery. So we need to be conscious of those factors too. Um, There's all these small lakes that are either tucked away out in the woods or even maybe just right around the corner of your cabin or home that uh, may not still seek a whole lot of attention during the ice season. It's definitely worth taking advantage of.
0: Interesting what you said there, too, is that you want to be conscious of what you keep out of the lakes because there's lakes out there that are 18, 20, 25 acres, and it wouldn't take very many people keeping a bunch of crappies to really hurt those lakes.
3: Yeah, or even the big bluegills, you know. Everyone loves big bluegills, but those big bulls with that big knobby head, those males are so... Uh, critical to that ecosystem and the continuation of the bluegill population.
0: When it comes to panfish in the wintertime, one of the things that most of people want to do is basically they fish really light line. they try to entice those fish to bite, but just like walleyes or anything else in predator fish, we can actually make them bite with a more aggressive presentation sometimes if they won't respond the other way.
3: Oh, absolutely, and um, you know, the light, light tackle and, you know, utilizing even lead jigs in some circumstances and under certain uh, bite windows are definitely something to have in the arsenal. But one of my favorite crappie rods, I run five-pound Power Pro on it and, you know, ultralight uh, rip and wraps. I mean, really aggressive presentations. And there's nothing more fun to see that fish come screaming up to nail that thing. Yeah. and. I'm able to fish a hole really effectively. I, I feel confident in fishing it very effectively and moving on to the next hole if I need to um, and, you know, trying to call in and seek out those eaters.
0: Well, sometimes, you know, too, is that people think small,
3: small, small. A crappie will actually hit a fairly large lure. I mean, some of the jigging wraps, the puppet <laughs> minnows. Oh, absolutely. I, I've spent a little time jigging for pike even, and I've had... Uh, clack and wrap, which I'm sure you're familiar oh, yeah. with, you know, big magnets in there. So it's extremely loud. I think it was pretty much one of the biggest ones they make. And I had a mark show up right underneath it. I kind of played it up and that thing rose up, hammered it. It was about an eight inch crappie. That ate a big bass, you know, rattle yeah. trap. So um, these fish will definitely chase after a big meal, even in the wintertime. You bet. Interesting information, Eric, I know that uh, you guide in the
0: wintertime uh, out on the lakes. Uh, you got guide service. There's several of us guides that uh, you can contact or, or you. How do you get hold of you?
3: Well, if someone would like to get in touch and uh, book a trip on the hard water, they can reach me at 612-384-9127. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, folks, you know we're about out of time for this week's show. I'd like to remind everyone out there that if you miss a show, go to our website at WNORadio.com. From there, you can link to to our podcast site, and the show is also on Spotify and Google Podcasts every week. And also, if you're looking for information on vacationing and lodging here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau website at haywardlakes.com. Thanks for listening, folks. We're out of time, and we'll be back again next week with another interesting show for
4: you. Listen
0: with me, I'm going to take you there
4: to our Wisconsin outdoors, our Wisconsin
0: outdoors. This program has been produced and hosted entirely by Wisconsin Northland Outdoor
1: Communications. Any and all views expressed are not necessarily those of the station.